Hello and welcome to Foundation Stones from Refuge City Church. Having a solid foundation for our walk with Jesus Christ is vital for every Christian, especially in the times we live in. Through God's word, candid conversations, and everyday application, the aim is to help you build your foundation so you can stand strong for God every day. Buckle in and prepare your heart. Pray this, God, ready my heart for your truth that I might be more like you. We hope today's episode empowers you to grow in your walk with Jesus. Let's dive in. Hey, Foundation Stones podcasters, it's Jim Weaver, the worship and the administrative pastor here at Refuge City Church, and I want to welcome you to a very special, a very unique podcast today on our Foundation Stone series, and we're taking a step aside for a week out of our Gifts of the Spirit teaching we've been in because I wanted to share with you some thoughts from a portion of Scripture that has rested on my heart today and yesterday. Just recently, we had a message at our church from one of our pastors that was talking about how we deal with grief, how we deal with things that are outside of our control, and sometimes we attribute it to depression or we attribute it to other outside influences, the world that's going on around us or relationships that we are out of control in or any number of things, and we don't realize that the heaviness that we're feeling is actually our sense of change that we cannot do anything about. Things that are outside of our control, that shift, that change, that cause us to have a heavy heart, and that cause us to wonder if things will ever be back to normal or ever be back to a sense of victory again. And I got to thinking about that as that message came across. I got to thinking about it in my own life, and And then a story from the scriptures came up in my spirit, and as I thought about this, I felt like I wanted to share it with you today. I I don't think that today's podcast will be very long, but I think these thoughts will be substantial enough that they may just stick with us for the week to come and cause us to really be in contemplation about what Jesus is doing in us and through us and for us as a result of his amazing, powerful gospel that he's given us. And so I want to take these thoughts today out of the book of Luke, chapter 24. And I just want to set this up for you because I think it's really important to understand the context of a story before we start reading the scriptures themselves, because it'll give us this understanding of really what we're looking at. So what we're looking at in Luke 24 is that Jesus has gone to the grave And there's all this stirring that's going on in Jerusalem, and all of Jesus' disciples, all of his followers have been scattered around because of the persecution of the Romans and because of the excitement and the terror of the things that happened to Jesus. And, And really, there's this uncertainty, and there's rumors, and there's really a sense of grief, a sense of overwhelming, what are we going to do now? And... To top it all off, here we are in this scripture in Luke 24, and we're here on the first day of the week, which means that it's Sunday. It's the day after Sabbath. It's the day after Passover. It's two days after Jesus has gone to the cross and then subsequently died and gone into the grave. And so picking this story up in verse 13 of Luke 24, you're going to see that we're joining with two disciples that are walking down the road on a little road outside of Jerusalem. It says this in verse 13, now that same day, two of them, meaning two disciples, were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, 
Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He, he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning but didn't find his body. They came and told us they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village in which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord is risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. What an incredible story. What an amazingly real and raw story. I think it's really amazing that God allows there to be portions of scripture where we see the real humanity of the people, the characters, the individuals in the Bible that are trying to figure out this faith in Christ thing for themselves just as we do every day. And I got to thinking about, you know, what would I have behaved like? How would I have been thinking? What would I have thought? What what would I have felt? If I had just seen Jesus, the one that I had hoped would be the answer for all humanity. I just saw him two days ago breathe his last breath on the cross. I just heard how they took his body down from the cross and they sealed it behind a Roman seal on a borrowed tomb with a rock in front of it to prevent him from being stolen away. And then to top it all off, I hear rumors that he is no longer there in the tomb. And some people say he's risen from the dead. And I'm confused and I'm overwhelmed and I'm frustrated and I'm just simply grieved and weary and overwhelmed by what I have just experienced. And and I put myself in the shoes of those two people walking down the road. What things would I have said? How would I have felt? Everything about what I hoped turned out different than I thought that it would be. And so I'm walking along this road and I'm sharing with my companion my disappointments and my confusion and my fears. And so then all of a sudden, here comes a man. I don't know who he is and he just comes up alongside and he's listening to my complaints and my worries and my concerns and my confusion. And all of a sudden he starts to teach me about all the things of the scriptures. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know, if if that was me, I'd probably be thinking, who do you think you are? I know all of this stuff. I've heard this stuff before, or maybe I would be amazed, but, but the point being is that who is this guy? And, and wow, he's talking about some pretty amazing things. And, and then 
And then it says that these men realized that it was getting late and they invited this man to come in. And the man pretended that he was going to continue on, but they insisted. I just think it's pretty awesome that they had this desire to host this person who was intriguing them with the scriptures. I think about what happened when Jesus sat down in these disciples' home and he began to break bread. When would have been the last time that disciples saw him breaking bread? Maybe these particular disciples saw him break bread on the hillside when he fed the 5,000, or maybe these disciples were nearby or had heard stories of how Jesus had broken the bread in the upper room before he had gone to the cross. In whatever case, all of a sudden, when he broke bread, they realized who he was, and then he vanished from their sight, and all of a sudden, the revelation hit their heart. What an incredible moment that must have been, because they realized who he was. Think about the encounters that the disciples and the believers had with Jesus as he had come up out of the grave. I think about Mary, just a few short hours before, she had been in the garden and She saw a man who looked like the gardener. Why did she think he looked like the gardener? Most likely it was because he was wearing linen clothes. Gardeners wore linen clothes that closely resembled the clothing of a priest. Jesus actually told her, Don't cling to me. I have not yet ascended to the Father. What did that mean? It meant that Jesus had not yet come before the mercy seat with the blood of the sacrifice that he was to bring as the great high priest. He looked like the gardener, but it was because he was dressed as a priest. He was ready to walk into the Holy of Holies. It says he had not yet ascended to his father. Why was he going there? Because he had just risen from the dead, and he needed to take the sacrificial blood that only he could offer on the mercy seat as that final act. And so he couldn't be touched by a human yet. And so he told Mary, don't touch me. Don't cling to me yet. And the reason that I think about the fact that Jesus talked to Mary and told her not to cling to him yet was because in just a few short hours, he actually was walking down the road with two disciples. I got to thinking about how often we can think to ourselves that God is way too busy to think about us as individuals and to think about our individual needs. And I just want to tell you, friend, if there was any one day that Jesus would have been too busy, It would have been on that day that he rose from the dead. You see, he rose from the dead and he needed to go back into the mercy seat. He rose from the dead and it would make sense that he would need to appear before all these different kinds of people to create some faith that the resurrection had taken place. And and yet, where do we find Jesus? We find Jesus stopping for Mary. And we see Jesus going for a walk with some disciples. Now, I understand Jesus has come out of the grave and he's in that glorified state, but we also know that he was still in a physical body because later he told Thomas to touch his hands and his side to confirm that he really was a real person that had risen from the grave. And and so you would think that he would have had some larger priorities than to appear individually to his disciples. And yet he did. He took the time not only to appear to the two disciples that were on the road to Emmaus, but He actually walked with them, and he taught them. He spoke to them about the scriptures. He took the time to actually be convinced to go into their house and to break bread. And I got to thinking about how special it must have been to those two disciples to know that Jesus took the time out of his resurrection day to spend time with them. 
And so these disciples who were riddled with grief and who were overwhelmed with the circumstances of the day had the very presence of the Son of God walking with them on their road of grief and on their road of confusion. And I love what they said in verse 32 where they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? You see, when we truly realize that Jesus is faithful to his promise that he'll never leave us and he'll never forsake us, it causes our heart, our spirit man, our soul, and even our flesh to burn with an anticipation and with a value and with a purpose that is only available through the anointing and the power and the beauty of the Holy Spirit and operation in our life. I want you to know today that your Jesus has enough time in his amazing infinite schedule to walk down the road of life with you, that your Jesus has enough time to pull aside on his journey to reach the world to talk to you that your Jesus has the compassion to never leave you or to forget about you and to hear your heart and to reignite your faith and to reignite your passion and to reignite your purpose so that you can go back into Jerusalem. You see, this is the thing that absolutely blows my mind. Remember what time of day they were going into the house? The Bible says it was late in the day. The disciples convinced Jesus to come into their house to stay. And as soon as the disciples saw Jesus break the bread, their eyes of revelation were open. Jesus vanished from their sight. What was the first thing they did? They didn't go to bed. They didn't sit around the fire and discuss what happened. The Bible says that they immediately returned to Jerusalem. It was dusk. And all of a sudden, they decided to take a seven-mile return journey to Jerusalem to tell everybody else that the rumors that they had heard of the resurrection of Jesus Christ were true. And I want you to know today in the same way that when Jesus pulls aside to speak into your life, that it will cause you to want to share the gospel, the good news with somebody else. And it won't matter if it's dusk, and it won't matter if it's a seven-mile, one-way journey. You're going to go tell somebody and give somebody else the hope that Jesus has given you. And so today, if you're walking in grief, if you're walking in disappointment, if you're walking in confusion, my encouragement to you is this. Jesus is walking with you on your path, even if it's a lonely one. And he wants to pour into you the truth of the gospel. He wants to heal your heart. He wants to reveal his glory so that you will be healed, restored, refreshed, and given a fresh and victorious mission to go back into your Jerusalem, into your sphere of influence, into your relationships, no matter what the cost, to share the good news of Jesus Christ. He hasn't forgotten about you. He's walking with you. You might not always recognize him. You might not always understand what he's doing. You might be confused or filled with grief sometimes, but I want to encourage you today. Jesus is walking with you on your road. And so I want to pray with you today that God would open your eyes to be able to see the things that he's doing in you, to show you the things he wants to do through you, and to help you to overcome the grief and the doubt and the fears and the confusion that you may be facing in this season of your life. And so can I pray with you? Can I encourage you today just to bow your head and close your eyes with me if you're able? And we're going to pray that God would reveal his glory and help you to see that he is on the road with you. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I thank you for our podcasters out there. I thank you for this Foundation Stones family. I thank you that this Foundation Stone today is that Jesus will never leave us and you'll never forget about us. And so God, I pray that you would give us hope, that you would give us direction, that you would ignite our hearts, that you would cause our hearts to burn within us as we realize that you're really not far away from us at all.
you're right here. I pray you would demolish and destroy the lies of Satan that would say that you are distant and you've forgotten about us because according to scripture, you have not. You have risen from the dead. You are victorious, and because of that, you've given us eternal life and victory ourselves. So God bless my friends today. Defeat depression, defeat grief, defeat doubt and confusion, and fill us instead with joy and faith, believing. Give us endurance and perseverance for the days to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining me today for this special abbreviated episode of Foundation Stones. I hope it was a blessing to you, and we'll get right back to our series on the gifts of the Spirit soon. I love you, and I'll talk to you soon. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Join us next time for another deep dive into the foundation stones of our faith in Jesus Christ. For more information about Refuge City Church or to join our giving team to keep the gospel of Jesus Christ moving forward and making resources like this podcast available into the future, visit Refuge City. City. Church.